Hello, and welcome to season two of Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I am an embodiment coach, a certified rolfer, and author of the book, Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. And this season, I am excited to bring you guests and interviews. So there will be 12 episodes for season two, and I will be interviewing people who have been coaches, teachers of mine in the embodiment world, the coaching world, feminine manifesting business, and just people that I have a lot of deep respect for and was curious to hear their take on embodiment and what they had to say in that conversation. So I hope you enjoy the conversations as much as I enjoyed recording them and that you have some clear, tangible takeaways and insights and that they inspire you to live a more radically embodied life. So let's go into the episodes. Hello, and welcome to season two, episode seven of Radical Embodiment, the podcast. Today I'm bringing you Kavita J. Patel. Kavita is one of the most sought after, world-renowned relationship coaches for women who are professional, high-achieving, successful, and single. For more than a decade, she has supported thousands of clients in helping them find what she calls their soul level love. I am particularly excited to bring Kavita today and share her rich wisdom and depth with you. I worked for Kavita as a coach in her program for about a year and a half, so I know her work intimately, deeply, and it's incredible deeply transformative and almost feels like a necessity. One thing I wanted to share, this is from Kavita from her website, to put some context before we dive into the interview. So she says, contrary to the way most of us relate to love here in the West, meaning it exists outside of us, in Eastern philosophy, love resides within you. If you are living and breathing, you are a soul. The soul is divine and has all the light, knowledge, power, and love that can fulfill you in ways that are currently unimaginable. We are all on a journey to peel away the layers of what is keeping us from being able to access this part of us. She says she's on the same journey with you, and she believes with all her heart that you deserve and can have extraordinary love. She calls this kind of love, soul level love. So let's dive into the conversation. Hi, everyone. Here I am with Kavita J. Patel. Kavita, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So happy to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Me too. I'm excited to get to hear your wisdom in this realm. So I've been starting these conversations with the question of what, because I find that this is in regards to the just embodiment as a new term that seems to be everywhere. It's not new, but it's all of a sudden it's like everywhere. And so I'm always curious everyone's unique take to embodiment. So I'd love to hear for you, what does embodiment mean to you? Yeah. So what it means to me, and you might hear my son in the background, just so you know, Perfect. <laughs> um, but what it means to me is that right No, it's, it's basically when we can really feel like inside of ourselves a shift of some sort, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not just something that we're managing in our minds. 
you know, there's so much in self-development that I feel like, you know, mind hack it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you're really managing yourself from your mind. Like, oh, I should, I should put up a boundary here. or I should do this. Or I, oh, I saw that I did that. Maybe I should try this. And you're like managing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, embodiment really just means that you can fully drop in to yourself and excavate and uncover what it is that you want to say, what it is that is, you know, your needs, but in a very vulnerable way, not just like needs in the way that many people are referring to needs. Mm -hmm. It's also being able to excavate feelings and being able to express all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so that you can just be with yourself and really navigate internally into spaces that are not easy often to navigate into and then have realizations, sometimes not so easy ones, because we also, when we go inwards, have to look at some darkness that Mm -hmm. sits inside of us too. But to be able to look at that, feel it, allow it, understand it, decode it, right? Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important to have support and coaches and decode it and then be able to like exist in the world in that state right and the state can be ever evolving but it's like you're 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 sitting in a new way of being you're not managing it through your mind mhm i like that i like that distinction a lot and that's an i think it's an important distinction to make especially if you are in like the personal development growth world and um you're not managing it instead you're I like the excavating and expressing. Um, And you mentioned, I'm curious, have you go a little deeper of what specifically you mean by this, like expressing the vulnerable needs versus people think needs, they're not really going vulnerable. So what, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, an example would just be like, maybe I'll just use a really basic example, but um, like, Okay, for example, like in my marriage, at times I just feel like, okay, I just want to be appreciated, right? Like that's a big thing for women in general and marriage and in partnership. And so it's like, okay, you can just say like, oh, I really would love it if you appreciated me for these things. Do, 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 like how I'm mother, how I show you love through cooking or like. Like, you know, how I uh, just show up in the world and my work, you know, just like appreciate, right? So that could be a need that you have. And you could say that to a partner, to somebody and say like, this is the need that I have. Now, the thing is, is that it can feel vulnerable to just even express that need, especially if it's hard to even say what it is that you want, right? So for Mm. so many of us, it's really hard to even say, I want this thing. I have this desire, you know, for fear of judgment, for fear of rejection, for fear of not getting it, for fear of getting backlash, right? It can be all different things that you've experienced from your past and most likely in your childhood that is causing that fear to come up for you that then blocks that desire from being expressed or that want or that need. But if so, so it's vulnerable to even be able to express it, but it's not true vulnerability. So true vulnerability is when you actually, and I'll give you an example in just a second, Mm -hmm. 
but it's really like when you go inside of yourself and express a truth that sits inside of you without adjusting it or changing it because of what you fear outside of you. So, you know, who you're talking to, what they're thinking, what they're saying, like you're adjusting none of it. Mm-hmm. It's just your own truth that's coming out into mm-hmm. the open. And it's not coming from a place of blaming another. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Yeah. So, and and when you're at this level of vulnerability, the way that you know that you, you're at this level of vulnerability is that nothing in the space, like there, you won't get defensiveness, you won't get backlash, you won't get judgment. It actually transcends that response in another because you're coming into the space with so much like vulnerability and love encapsulated within it that it actually just paves a path to understanding and love. Now, what comes out of that understanding and love can be many different things, you know, like, you know, sometimes can people can get very vulnerable and what comes out of that is a breakup or somebody can get very vulnerable and what comes out of that is like reconciling things or falling deeper in love, right? So we don't know what way it's going to go, but it creates a path to mm-hmm. love and understanding so that more truth can get unveiled within a relationship in particular so that you, you get clarity. Mm. So what I mean is like, instead of saying like, okay, I just want to be appreciated. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if I were just to close my eyes for a moment, it's just like sharing, like, like a lot of times I really just want to feel like you, um, I just really want to feel like the ways that I'm trying to express love you know, and the ways that I'm trying to show love are also being received and seen by mm-hmm. you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm trying to show this love and express it in these ways. And I'm not feeling that you're getting it or receiving it, or if it even matters to you. Yeah. You know? And that's so much more, I mean, that's so much more clear than just, I, I want to feel appreciated. And um, and I think it's curious, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's curious and interesting too, how to even connect and tap into that. You know, everyone is different, but for you, what you did is you, you closed your eyes and I could see you, you dropped down and in, which you went to me in my perspective, like an embodied state, you went within to going back to your words, like the excavating to be able to then express from, from there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's not easy to, I like, I think often we adjust, you were mentioning, we often like adjust or modify what we're going to say based on how we are afraid or how we perceive the other person might respond or react to us. I think a lot of that's happening unconsciously too. A thousand percent. Mm -hmm. And it comes from like our upbringings, you know, like comes from a moment and it just took a nanosecond for us to translate something when we were children, but it came from a moment where you wanted a hug from your mom and instead she turned her back and catered to your sister, you know, um, instead and, you know, or a moment where your dad compares you to your brother, you know, and, um, and then you feel like you should be something different. Right. So, I mean, there's a million different ways that we've translated things, but that's what's happening in those moments. It's like, okay, I want, I want it to be self-expressed and you had this moment when you were a child where you tried and then you were told, 
you're too sensitive, you're too much, you know, or stop crying, stop being so emotional, all those things that we're told. And those are still generic because everybody has like a very, I always say this, a very distinct flavor of those mm -hmm. generic, you know, um, mm -hmm. moments that we talk about in childhood. But like you have your translation, you know, and so you translated when you did express yourself and your mom said, stop being so sensitive that like there was something wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. And so now when you want to go express something that feels sensitive to you, you're afraid because you don't want to be told that you're too sensitive or that you're wrong. I think that's it. Exactly. You already have this sense that you're wrong for feeling what you're believing is sensitive. There's this deep, yeah. deep. And so is that, I'd, I'd love to from here dive in, into your work is really based a lot in like karmic patterns and supporting your clients and releasing karmic patterns. Um, so I'd love for you to just like, what is a karmic pattern? Um, cause I feel like that's what you're starting to introduce here and like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's basically a pattern. And, and listen, I think there's a lot of misnomer and, um, Western culture around what karma means, you know, karma is good and bad karma that there's not just bad karma. Like everybody uses it as like, okay, they're going to, you know, karmic retribution. Um, but there's also good karma. So, you know, we can also really, you know, you know, the lives that we like, the way that we look, you know, I have a Boulder example of good karma. This is anyone who knows Boulder. This is like the most ridiculous example, but it, it's like funny. Um, Boulder is run by dogs. Boulder loves dogs. And everyone's getting on about like, there's a lot of open space. Dogs are off leash picking up poop. But one of, one of my friends on social media, she was, she was packing up her good karma by when every time she's out on the trail, she brings a lot of extra poop bags and picks up all of the dog poop <laughs> that other people haven't picked up. Um, no, so there's this silly good karma. Anyway. I, yeah. 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 And I mean, when you come into karma inherently means that you don't have to believe in previous lives. You get to believe whatever you believe, you know, mm -hmm. it just kind of alludes to that because you're bringing into this life a specific, like, why do I look like this? Why was I born to the parents that I was born to? You mm -hmm. know, why do I have these specific genes versus my sister or brother have other genes? Yeah. Um, it just kind of answers some of those questions. And so good karma does look like you coming into this world and, you know, you see those like child prodigies and they're just like, you know, rattling off the table, the periodic table. And they're like four, you know what I mean? Like they come into this life with this intelligence. That's, that's good karma, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I'm going a little bit off track, but I just like to kind of. That's helpful to define. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when I'm talking about karmic patterns within relationship, I am talking mm -hmm. about it from a place of what have we brought into this, this life? What have we translated through our family systems, through our parents, through our siblings, um, through when we were younger that we're unconscious of right now? And how is that impacting or blocking us in love right now, right? Mm. So how is that keeping us from 
really having what we deeply desire in partnership mm-hmm. or getting into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we all, no matter who you are as a human being, you we all have karmic patterns. Nobody is without. Now your level or desire for moving through them to have depth and intimacy within relating and connection is what determines kind of like how much you go there or don't go there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have karmic patterns that are really keeping us from experiencing extraordinary connection and love like that, that, um, you know, that spiritual being of one with everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, what brings you away from that is, 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 are your karmic patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for identifying that. And even as you're talking, I mean, you know, I think a lot about just our relationship specific to our own body and relationship to ourself. And I feel like it totally seems like it applies here too of karmic patterns or uh, store, like stories that were created when you were a little kid based on how your parents related or responded to you. And something I love about your work, Kavita, is this isn't blaming our parents. This isn't making our parents wrong, right? They're humans doing the best that they knew to do. And of course it had impact on us, good, bad, in between. Um, But I also actually see a lot of that keeping us from not only really having true loving partnerships, relationships outside of partnership, you know, family, friends, but also from really being able to love our own relationship with our body, our own relationship with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's rampant, right? Like all that needs to be said is like a, a mother saying to a daughter, like, oh, you know, I was actually talking to, actually, this is a great example. I was talking to a friend the other day and, you know, she was just sharing how her and her sister don't get along. And, and I, you know, it's just my natural way of being to poke and then ask lots of questions and be curious. So I said, oh, well, you know, like, why is that? What, what do you think that is? And she actually went pretty deep quickly. And she just said like, yeah, there's this one memory that my sister has told me about recently. And, you know, they were both sleeping in the car. So the parents thought, and she has an older sister. So the, the person I'm talking to is she's an older sister and then she, her younger sister, they're not getting along. So they're both sleeping. The mom says, thinking that they're sleeping, oh, isn't, isn't, I'm going to change their name for a second. Mm-hmm. Isn't Katie um, prettier than Laura? And she heard it, right? Wow. Mm. And so literally like, that's what her younger sister has been carrying around. Mm. Like I'm less than, and she has all this, like she wants to prove, like, like she wants to prove that she looks good because yeah. she's been constantly compared to her older sister who is seen as prettier than her mm. by her parents, you mm-hmm. know? Um. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's absolutely what gets mm-hmm. into our, subconscious and then plays out over and over again. And so then once you become aware of that, or, you know, and of course we all have more than one karmic pattern, there's myriad, but that's a great example. Once you become aware of that, what might you suggest somebody do without awareness? Yeah. I mean, it's, it stays as pain until we actually address it. Right. And then we, 
we don't even know. Like we just keep masking the pain, right? And I know you know this. We mask it either by dieting, you know, we mask it by shaming our own bodies inside of ourselves, right? We mask it with um, constant comparison, right? Mm -hmm. We mask it with drugs. We mask it with, you know, numbing uh, social media, scrolling mind. Yeah. Yeah. Numbing out. Totally. There's so many ways to mask it. Right. Some people mask it with shopping, right? Like just Mm -hmm. wanting to feel powerful through what they wear and and spending a lot of money in in Mm -hmm. fact around that and feeling valued because of that. So anyhow, point being is that we mask it, but if we actually face it and, you know, what I say is when you can go to the root of where something originated, which is, again, we're not blaming our parents. It's like that mom, if she knew what it was going to do to her child, would not have said that if she actually knew what that was going to do. Mm-hmm. She just said it because she's completely unaware and probably has her own stuff around her own beauty and, mm-hmm. you know, with her own mother and it's, mm-hmm. you know, passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And then she says it because she's completely unaware. Um, but if she did know, she probably wouldn't have ever said it. So it's more like, it's more like being able to heal that. And so when we can heal that from where it started, and I often say, even if you even if you've lost a parent or you were raised by step parents or grandparents, this is all still applicable, even if you have siblings, but it's through a healing conversation with mm. that parent, you know, or step parent or whatever. And I know that freaks most people completely out because there's all of this thought. I've of, oh, done it and it's terrifying yeah. and incredible at the same time. Yes. It's terrifying and incredible is right. So it's just like, um, it's terrifying because we have like, you know, my mom's not capable of meeting me. Mm. She's emotionally, you know, unevolved. She doesn't even hug me. You know, you don't really know my parents, Kavita. Like I get that all the time. And yet it actually doesn't matter what your parent is. It's just really about you healing this for yourself. And there are lots of layers, as I know, you know, to these healing conversations. It's like a, you know, I could go on and on about it, but the point is, is that when you can, and there's a specific way to have a healing conversation. It's not just like, Hey mom, you know, you said this thing a long time ago and it really hurt me. I think I need a sorry. I need you to apologize. That's not going to do it. Hey, this is Emily, and I am interrupting this podcast interview to let you know about an offering that I have. If you are a woman and you are currently in your story of really feeling challenged in regards to your relationship with your body, where it feels like a struggle, it takes so much energy or time to get dressed in the morning because you just feel like nothing really looks good on you, or you've noticed you're constantly obsessing or worried over food of how much or how little you should eat, or how much or how little you should exercise and using exercise or movement more for punishment, and just overall feeling not good in your own skin feeling maybe sluggish, tired, feeling disconnected, maybe even feeling ashamed. If you resonate with that and are ready and desiring some support to help create a shift in that narrative, then I invite you to schedule your complimentary Embracing Radical Embodiment call with me today. This is a completely free call. 
it will just be you and I, and I will support you in at least having one tangible takeaway step from that call. So even from that free call alone, you will have a tangible action or new insight or awareness embodiment practice that's specific to you that will support you in starting to shift the needle of being stuck in the narrative that our worth, that our enoughness is tied into the way our physical appearance looks. And instead, be able to connect with yourself and connect with your body. And of course, on that call, if it feels like a fit mutually, I will let you know what it would look like to work longer term with me one-on-one. But there's no pressure and it's always a joy for me, honestly, to get to connect with women in that way through those conversations because the story specifically around our bodies, there's a lot of shame involved with it. And when we are in that shame loop, If we are not sharing that story with another trusted support, then we're only feeding the shame. Shame feeds and lives in the shadow by being internalized, by our ego telling us that we can do it all on our own, that we're okay, that when the truth is we need support, especially if you are feeling like you are unhappy with your body. It doesn't have to be that way. The rest of your life doesn't have to be with you obsessing over pounds on the scale. I know this because I've been there. I've been on that side and I know what it feels like to really honestly, truly love and embrace my body exactly as my body is. So if you are interested in scheduling that call with me, the Embracing Radical Embodiment call, be sure to look at the show notes in the podcast link. And if you can't see it there, you can go to my website, radicalembodiment.com. And if you go to where it says like work with Emily one-on-one, there's a link right there that'll take you to schedule that call. So go to the show notes, go to radicalembodiment.com and thanks for letting me in. So there's like a specific way, but it's through a really healing conversation where you're dropping into that vulnerable space that embodied space, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, then having the conversation so that your mom can actually deliver the thing that you've always yearned to hear and want Mm -hmm. and have felt, you know, like Mm -hmm. you are beautiful exactly as you are. And I was wrong to say that, you know, and, you know, you, you're just, you're, you're, you're exquisite and you were from the moment you were born, you know? Mm. So like, that's what we want to hear, you know, Mm. that we're special for who we are. Mm -hmm. And so then when we get it from where it didn't come from at the beginning, there's a, it's not just a healing of yourself. It's a karmic hearing healing. So it's ancestral healing. It's, um, it's future healing, like what you won't then pass down to your own children. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's so much bigger than that moment, because when you heal it with your parents, you came into this world through them for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if we just keep a distance or disconnection in those relationships, and you can feel close, like, you know, people will say to me, like, I have a close relationship with my parents. It's like, great. You know? And I'm like, good. That still doesn't mean that you don't have pain from them. You do. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's actually acknowledging that and healing it. Um, so that you're free, you're they're, they're also free. Like your mom's freed and you know, if you choose to have kids or if you have kids, they're freed. Yeah. Thanks for taking us through that. And 
I mean, it, it feels like it, what you shared at the beginning, even like what embodiment means to you and this idea, the, the, the distinction you made between this managing place versus that excavating and expressing. And even it feels like, okay, you know, this example you gave of your friend, right? And and she had heard like her and her daughter or her daughter, her sister have always fought all their life, not gotten along from this little blip, but significant conversation. And so in order to help heal it, transcend it is to have this healing conversation that's not staying at the surface or even like the next layer under the surface is actually going to the root. And for me, it would even be like, where is that sensation from when that moment happened in your body connect to that? What does it feel like communicating from there to help mm-hmm. release it, move beyond it? And yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. Yep. Yeah. But so it just, it feels in line with, yeah, what just shared what embodiment means. Cause it's not trying to manage the pain. It's not trying to manage also the conversation. It's, um, right. there's a very different energy. And I think the energy too, that you'd receive in healing it is, is more of, I, you you can put this in your words, but to me, it'd be like, it's like a system healing. I mean, you said like releasing karmic patterns, but it feels different than just like, okay, that was nice. Like, that was helpful. I shared this with my ex or I told him I was angry with him. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally another level. And I know you could speak to that to having done some of these conversations for yourself before, but it's like, you know, people will say to me, like, can I just write a letter, you know? And I'm like, you can, and you, I'm sure you'll feel a little bit better after that letter and mm-hmm. it'll feel good, mm-hmm. but will it last? Will it break the cycles that you're in? Will it actually tangibly change your life and how you show up mm. now? Mm. Yeah. 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 So I'd love to hear what you have to say on what does releasing these karmic patterns um, and how, like having these healing conversations with our parents, with other loved ones, um, how, it, what does that have to do with anything with us being able to embrace our bodies? Yeah, I think it has so much to do with it. I mean, you know, when, when, when you can look in the mirror and say to yourself, like, I feel beautiful for yourself, you know, what a, what a gift, like what a gift to just feel that level of freedom Mm -hmm. and knowing that you feel beautiful for exactly who you are. And, you know, we, in our families, there's just so much around, of course, how you look, how you fit into society, you know, and what Kate, like parents are totally wired and their parents were wired. And if you're a parent, you're wired uh, to protect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to help your children belong. You know, I mean, my son, I remember he was, he's born with a birthmark and he's got a birthmark right here on his face. Mm-hmm. And I remember for the first time he's born, he's in my arms and looking and being like, what's on his face, you know? And then being told like, it's a birthmark, you know, mm. and immediately having my own reaction to mm. that, was like, is he going to be made fun of? Like, it's literally like, how is he going to fit into the world? And then of course, you know, given what I do and my own work, like that, that faded fast, yeah. right? Like, really fast. But that was the immediate 
reaction because mm-hmm. I want him to feel safe in the mm-hmm. world. Like that's my instinctual parent space, right? Yeah. So, but that's also coming from whatever I think beauty is or isn't, you know, given what I grew up uh, about what beauty is or isn't, you know, like what my dad would say about beauty, what would my mom say about beauty, you know, and so, or our bodies and I'm using beauty as it's, it's, I know, but I, you know, what they would say about my body and what it was like. And, you know, and there's a whole dynamic even with like mothers and daughters, because it's like, you know, if the mother is holding on to like, she's, she married her husband, her husband is a little bit bigger, but she grew up with like a father that was all about staying in shape, you know, Mm -hmm. and she is, and she's kind of taken that on. And the husband isn't really all about that because opposites attract. (laughs) And, and, and then the daughter is more on his side in terms Mm. of DNA. And then she sees that and it triggers her. And then she has a response to that because she wants her daughter to fit into the world. And now all of this is getting passed down. Do you see? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's so um, nuanced and also like a hundred percent of how we view our bodies comes from what's been passed down to us or what we've experienced. Completely, completely. Yeah. And I think this speaks to, I won't go a whole lot, but you know, I wrote the book radical embodiment. I've obviously had a big, my own journey around body image and body acceptance. And of course I've done a lot of inquiry reflection and work around that. That is the center of my work. And yet I've had this curious notion of like, but still like, like, why was that so strong for me? And I put it together literally after the book came out and my mom and I did have a conversation with it, but it was an energetic thing that I took on. So what, what it was like, it was slippery in the regards of it wasn't ever anything said, but her parents. So speaking of karmic patterns, ancestral patterning, her were severely critical of her weight and her body. And I, from in utero, which might sound wild to people and not going to go into all of that, that story right at this moment, but played emotional caretaker role for my mom. And so energetically, I think to emotionally caretake, I took on her insecurity. Yeah. So it can, I mean, it's right. right. It wasn't even happening from like a verbal, you know, yes, of course there was societal conditionings. Of course there was, you know, people said stuff at different points in my life, but I think the main part that I finally put together, it was an energetic thing that I took on. Yeah, no, but that's, that's exactly what I mean is that her parents are critical of her because they want her to fit in specific way. And so she's carrying all this shame and then absolutely can get passed down without even saying a word. Yes. Um, and just, it's just, uh, taken in through energy. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'd love to have, like, have you share, if you see a connection, um, since we're talking about embodiment, you specifically work with supporting people in experiencing soul level love, which maybe we should, maybe we should define what soul level love is first, before I ask you this question. Um, soul level love is really, um, feeling like you are connecting to another on like the physical realm, the emotional realm, the intellectual realm and the spiritual realm. 
And sometimes people can be like, well, that's like a tall order, you know? Um, and I'm not saying like they all happen simultaneously, constantly, right? That's not yeah. what I'm saying. And what I'm also saying is that it's really our own ability to connect on all of those levels also, right? But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a love that you create with another that chooses you and you choose them where you want this deep level of connection and intimacy where it's like, you know, truth be told, we can, we can marry anybody, mm -hmm. you can marry anybody, but if you truly want a partnership where you're not settling on any level, where yeah. many people are without even knowing it mm. and then realizing it and waking up to it, you mm. know, like we're on. but this is like, how do you really from, from this place within you of repatterning things, re releasing these karmic patterns, open up to these levels of connection that are possible and create that with another. Um, yeah. So that's really soul level love. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So it actually, I think I'm glad you shared what that means to first, because in, in my head, I, I see that and feel the connection, but um, what would you say around the connection between the more embodied you are and the more you are open to experiencing more love and even the potential of experiencing soul level love? Yeah, I think like it, it, it's all about embodiment. You know, it's, it, I say this all the time. It's like, okay, everybody knows, generally speaking, that relating is all about communicating, you know? Yeah. And so people will be like, okay, what do I say? You know, tell me what to say. Or they'll go to therapy and they're told like, use we, not I, and like these little hacks, you know? But the truth is, is that communication, the words that you use mean nothing without the energy from mm -hmm. which you use them. So mm -hmm. I can say, I love you and not really have an energy of love behind it. And it will actually fall flat on the mm. other person. Or I could say, I love you with a lot of energy around it. And it's received by another person, you know? Yeah. And so it has nothing to do with what you're saying. It's about what the energy from which you are saying it that really creates connection or disconnection, you know? Mm. Um, and so when you're in an, an embodied state you're actually in tune with your energy. You're in mm -hmm. tune with your own intentions. Mm -hmm. And in, in again, like, I want to say this is not perfect, right? Sometimes it's like you are totally unembodied and you say like a horrible, mean thing to somebody mm -hmm. not knowing, and then later on realize and come into that embodied state, embodied state, and then clear it up you know, or clean it up if you want to call it that. Right. But so it's not like, you know, I, I really believe like to be in this state constantly is an enlightened state, which nobody yeah. is, you know? Yeah. We're living but, in human existence. Exactly. But we're yeah. cultivating it. We're cultivating yes. it and really allowing ourselves to feel the power of our own energy and how we can wield it for good and mm. for connection, you know? Um, so does that answer your question? It does. It does. Yeah. It, um, yeah, I think what I wanted, what I would like to just expand upon and say if, if, how you've said, it doesn't have to be perfect. Or sometimes you might say something really unintentionally hurtful. Right. And, 
none of us are a hundred percent in our bodies all the time. I think that would be like an enlightened state, right? Um, it's we're cultivating the capacity to be with ourselves and be with our full spectrum of our feeling um, more and more. That's what I see this, this work as. Um, and we're, hu we're human. So I think yeah. being gentle with yourself and acknowledging that's important. So I'm glad that you just, just said that. I think that's really, yeah. Yeah. Important. It's, it's so important. Cause yeah, like, and then, you know, in traditional Eastern philosophy, like an enlightened state is actually a transcendence of everything, mind and body, you know, but yes, we're in this human existence and we are, you know, feeling lots of things constantly and to be in touch with that and to know what that means and code it in a way that supports your life and what you choose next is like powerful. It is, it is. And sometimes it's too much. <laughs> depending on the degree of trauma, right? De depending on your degree of current resource. Um, yeah. 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 What would you, because a lot of this too is speaking of that discomfort, like is deeply uncomfortable. Do you have any like, I don't like the word hacks. So but do you have any, like, I don't know why I just, I'm like, just don't like that word, but do you have any tips, suggestions um, in regards to if somebody's listening to this and is curious and is like, diving deeper and this has triggered a feeling sensation they're like oh i want to talk to so and so but it's like really hard for me to actually even let myself feel that discomfort and go there yeah. what would you suggest that they I, I mean i feel obviously like get some support get some help other than that are there any suggestions that you have yeah i mean i think sometimes it's it is like I think meditation is a huge form of embodiment, you know, um, but it, you know, what I would say is if you can sit with yourself in a meditative state, right? No, no, like, um, music. Okay. Um, like, you know, meditation in its original format is not with music, mm -hmm. but so I'm just saying so that you can, but music can help you drop into feelings, which is powerful. So, um, but like just silence, because then you can kind of let yourself go in without having to conjure something because of what's happening externally. So mm -hmm. what I mean by this is like, you go in and you consciously say to yourself, okay, if I were to let go of what another thinks, another feels, what's happening in the world, how it's happening in the world, how I'm responding to the world. So you're literally saying to yourself, I'm letting the external go for a mm -hmm. moment, just for a mm -hmm. moment, you know, I'm letting that go and all of my energy that's getting expended outwards, right? Because all of our senses, the only sense that you can actually close are your eyes mm -hmm. to go in. Every mm -hmm. other sense is out. Yeah. So it's like you're taking in a lot all the time as human beings. So when you close your eyes, you're also doing that. You're saying, I'm taking a moment to go in, you know, mm -hmm. and closing one sense so that not everything is external. So you're just saying to yourself, okay, if I let go of what's happening in the world, what's happening with a friend, what's happening with my parents, what's happening with my work, what's happening with my health, what's happening with my pet, you know, like let it all go. And then just say, what's happening with me? You know, mm -hmm. what am I feeling right in this moment? 
What is uncomfortable for me in this moment? Mm -hmm. What is joyful for me in this moment? And giving yourself even just two minutes, three minutes Mm -hmm. to go in and be with you, you know, and sit with you for just a couple of minutes and tune in, you know, just even that is so, so impactful. I love that. I love that. And I love those questions that you shared. Those are like so significant and it is impactful, right? Sometimes I think we can feel overwhelmed of like, or it's like, oh, it's supposed to be, I'm supposed to sit for 30 minutes or it's to be this big thing, or I don't have the time. It's amazing. It like continues to amazing what profound insight um, you can receive in just two, three, five minutes. And I think it's a, I, I really believe it's a beautiful way to acknowledge your own personal worthiness, to actually let go of all of that other stuff and go within. And what is it that is really happening with me? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful. Um, so to kind of start to summarize and bring things together, I always, I like to end with, I've been asking everyone on my podcast as far this question of your number one main takeaway that everyone should know or practice or do if they want to live a more radically embodied life. Ah, yeah. I just think it's like, you know, one of my biggest things is how are you expressing yourself? You know, like how, what is your truest expression in the world? And, um, and it's a big question to be honest. It's not like a small one. Mm -hmm. Um, but to just even start in, in that direction, you know, mm-hmm. to just even be like, what are the ways that I don't fully express myself? What are the ways that I do not allow every part of me to the surface in a conversation with a friend, um, on a date, in my partnership, you know, even at work, like what ways do I hold back in some mm-hmm. way to mm-hmm. just because it's uncomfortable for me, you know? And just to start to even start there and to look at it because it's it's amazing. It's so, so scary. So scary to face some of the stuff, but it's amazing when you actually just bring more of yourself to the table, like the response is, is can be polarizing, right? Like it can mm-hmm. be absolutely polarizing, but it's like, you're going to draw in people into your life that are just like there, you know, yeah. with you and, and, and it'll just show you, you're so not alone in this. Yes. Time, yeah. You know? And so you draw in those people and then you also get very clear on the people that don't resonate on that level with you. Mm-hmm. Does it make them wrong or bad? It's just their own journey with their own life, with their own things. And you can let that go, you know, Mm -hmm. but when we hold back on all fronts, it can be very isolating, you know, separating. Um, And so to just start to even look at that is, is a good, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Kavita, thank you so much that I think this was like such a rich conversation and I just appreciate your, the, the depth that you bring, um, to your work, to your life, to your relationships. Um, yeah, it means a lot. Um, how can people, if they'd like to find out more about your work, your offerings, where can they go to do that? 
Yeah. So you can just go to Kavita J, don't forget the J, Patel, P-A-T-E-L.com. And right on the, the front, there's like a free four video series that I've done. And it talks all about like karmic patterns, how to identify them for yourself and how it's impacting you in relating in love. Mm -hmm. And so you can absolutely, they're free. They're four videos. They're amazing. Awesome. And um, so you can just sign up right there at kavitajpatel.com. Awesome. And that'll be linked in the show notes. Everyone can easily find that. Yeah, definitely check out the videos. Like what a good offering and way to like get the next layer of depth into your world and your work. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks everyone for tuning in and listening. And um, yeah, I hope everybody really takes on that. What Kavita suggested for the net, like to live a more radical, and body life, just looking at where maybe you're not expressing and where you could express yourself a little bit more starting there. Awesome. Take care, everyone. Hey, it's Amelia again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please, if you haven't already, subscribed to the podcast Radical Embodiment. Download the episode and share it with your friends, family, community. The way Radical Embodiment is growing right now is simply through word of mouth, most specifically women sharing with other women. So please like, subscribe, share, and tune into the next episode.